Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in our study of the book of Acts. Our scripture is found in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. In God's perfect time, he fulfills the promise of Jesus made to his disciples just prior to his ascension. The coming of the Holy Spirit, which would indwell all true believers. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, The Promise Arrives. Remember Jesus one time breathed on the disciples, one of his, one of the last times that he predicted this coming of the Holy Spirit? Well, that sound was, we'll see in a few minutes, part of what attracted a crowd. But would you notice it filled only the house where they were sitting. Now, some people like to make the point, I wouldn't press this necessarily too far, but being Jews, had they been praying at that moment, they wouldn't have been sitting. They would have been kneeling or standing. So this really was a shocking surprise, even though it wasn't unanticipated. It was spine-tingling to hear this. Oh, but that wasn't all. First, this unprecedented sound, then an unprecedented visual phenomenon. Verse 3, and there appeared to them, them in this verse is they from the verse before is the 120 who were in the house. There appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them. Now again, these were as of fire. There were no flames involved. This was not a, some kind of a divine torch. Uh, it's not the fire of judgment that John the Baptist refers to in Matthew 3.11, where the context there <clears throat> is judgment. But just like there was no air moving in <clears throat> when the mighty rushing wind sound came, there was no fire burning with these tongues of fire. Now, tongues as of fire, that's interesting. It says they distributed themselves and rested on each one of them. The word translated distributed, that's a, that's a pretty good uh, translation. If you remember, uh, I, I think it's the King James mentions cloven tongues of fire, uh, that they were like they were cut out uh, and, and, and they were cleaved, like each person gets a, you know, two parts of a flame um, standing over their head. But the idea is that this fire came and distributed itself and rested on each one of them. So um, I, the Bible doesn't say this, I picture one giant, as it were, ball of fire that then splits up into a hundred and twenty individual manifestations for those people 
who were there. So everyone present in that room received the same thing at that same moment. All received the same gift. All saw the same phenomenon. All heard the same sound. This was not something that individually each one sought. There was no instructions. Form a line and we'll hand you the gift as you get to the front of the line. It was sovereignly done by God. This was the first instance in history of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, That's now the norm for every individual at the moment of initial faith in Christ. Now, these people had never read 1 Corinthians. It hadn't been written yet. We know now We're past that transition era. Here is standard procedure when a person comes to Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. Baptized means immersed. Whether Jews or Greeks. So he's saying no distinction between Jews and Greeks. Jews and Greeks come exactly the same way. They receive the same salvation. They receive the same gift. They receive the same Holy Spirit. We were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one Spirit. They did not yet realize that at that moment they were baptized, immersed into one new spiritual body. The body of Christ began that day in that room, even though nobody there had all of the revelation about it. The sound and the tongues of fire for this first time was all to call attention to the sovereign work of God fulfilling His promise. Now you have probably heard that this was the beginning of the church, the body of Christ, that new entity that is not Israel. This is Jew and Gentile together in Christ. Now it's true, this was the beginning of the church, the body of Christ, but don't forget, this is in the time of transition, and this is very early in the time of the transition. The temple was still standing Jews who had not embraced Christ continued under the old covenant. I can imagine that the that the janitorial staff of the or the maintenance staff of the temple repaired that torn curtain really quick. And they went right back to what they were doing. But the new era has begun, even though the practices of the old one were not snuffed out until A.D. 70 when God arranged for the Romans to destroy the temple. The promise has arrived. The new era has begun. Now there's going to be much more revelation about the work of the Holy Spirit in believers around the, uh, about the church, about the body of Christ, but that would unfold in stages. But this is the beginning. I did a little looking to see, just for my own curiosity today, the church is first mentioned in Matthew 16, I will build my church. It's mentioned again in Matthew 18 in the context of what we call church discipline. 
But it's interesting that the first mention of the church in the book of Acts, it's not here in chapter 2 or 3 or 4. There's no announcement. We're going to, yeah, we, we, we got to, you know, call up the sign company. We got to get some signs made that made, say the made, that got to get some signs made that say the church meets here. The first mention of the church in the book of Acts is Acts chapter 5, verse 11, where it says, after the Holy Spirit struck Ananias and his wife dead for lying to the Holy Spirit, did that in front of the church, it says, great fear came over the whole church. So by chapter 5, the people there were familiar with the term church, even though it's not used here in the first chapters of Acts. The word church then will show up 18 more times in the book of Acts. It appears once in the book of Hebrews, once in the book of James, three times in 3 John, 10 times in the book of Revelation, which is the last letter addressed to the churches. It's addressed to seven specific first century churches in seven specific places. But here's the interesting thing. That word church is used in the writings of the Apostle Paul 75 times. You see, we're at the beginning of the transition. The final touches on God's revelation about the church, which is the body of Christ, of which we are part, that revelation came, not, surpri- not unsurprisingly, or not surprisingly, through Paul. It was his ministry that God used to bring Jews and Gentiles together in one new entity. And he always emphasized that. Remember, any place he went, always in the new city, find the synagogue, use your credentials as a rabbi, go in and tell them about the Messiah. Preach as much as you can, stay as long as you can till they throw you out, take those who believed, go to the Gentiles. It was such a, a, a glorious celebration that the wall of partition has been torn down in Christ. Now, in a sense, in a sense, you could say the old covenant and the new covenant overlapped by about 40 years. I say only in a sense, because it was 40 years after Christ was crucified that the temple was destroyed. But the new covenant began when Christ said, it is finished. Or if you want to say, when He ascended. Or if you want to say, when the Holy Spirit came. Right now, Acts chapter 1 and 2, we know that. But we also know it took a while for all of these promises to be worked out, for all of these, for all the recognition of what it was, for the gospel to begin uh, to spread. And remember, after the leaders of the Jews had said definitively, Jesus is of the devil. Remember that? Matthew chapter 12. And after, later on, Jesus said to them, Matthew 21, verse 43, Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing the fruit of it. That people producing the fruit of the kingdom is, starting with that 120, the body of Christ. Still that entity through which God is working. Now up in Romans 9 through 11, we get the full explanation about what has happened since this transition. That Israel has been temporarily set aside 
until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.